Leslie Max and other things. I am the aforementioned Max. Welcome to another week of me running off at the app and talking to my friends and running off at the app with them too. Um, how's everybody doing? How are we faring in this, uh, I guess, the official first week of school for uh, President Biden and uh, everybody else? Um, okay, you know, it's fine. I am still not even, I don't know. I couldn't call it, I don't call it, I won't say optimistic. It just kind of feels like there's a flurry of activity, which is great, which is, you know, nice to have. But I feel like some of this stuff that's going down kind of like, um, it's kind of like, like case in point, he signed an, I think an executive order that stops federal, um, private, federal whatever's from using private prisons, but, which is nice, but it, it's kind of like how the Emancipation Proclamation worked, where it only freed slaves that were already freed, but it didn't do shit for everybody else. It's kind of the same thing, where most of the folks who are locked up in private prisons are on a state level, which does fuck all if something's coming down from the Fed. And it's like a such a small percentage, a lot of people, like the folks who are being held in detention for crossing the border, seeking asylum, it, it's like 5%, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, that's great, but are we George costanza right now, where we're just like making a flurry of, of things, but like it doesn't amount to anything? Um, I think I would say probably... Mm, Maybe 50% of everything is like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm good. I mean, I, I would like to see more. I would like to see something more um, substantial. They did manage to raise the minimum wage to $15. But I, I'm not sure if that's across the board or if that's another federal thing. Is that just for federal contractors? I think it is, which great but that doesn't really do anything on again with the states and also too it doesn't really take effect for four years which again as we've learned you could put whatever you want in place and so you can say that you did it but if the next guy who comes in is not you or is not in your party they could just get that shit out of here and you know people will still be getting squeezed to work stupid hours for no money so that is of no consequence. I just want to see more, more. You know what I'm saying? Um, and other news, it turns out one of the uh, so-called founders of the Proud Boys is a wild um, fed snitch. So that's interesting. Um, they have definitely made it hot for that cat. And it's uh, the brown one, of course, the one that's not white. And which that is just, mm. I, I never know what to, to do with the kind of people who are not white, who are in big, fat, white supremacist organizations. Because it's like, what do you, how, hmm. Like, if they don't know you down with the clique, you just one of the people that they don't like. So they could go upside your head, too. So I don't really know how that works. And then, like, hearing the origins of that shit, it's kind of like, oh, we don't like girls because girls don't like us. I mean, it literally kind of came out of that. Like, we are, we went from trolls on the internet to guys who put on, um, gear to cosplay, um, military stuff and like beat people with sticks in the street. I, I don't, it's like they, they, they're all Tyler Durden. They all think that they're Tyler Durden, but they're not like it's constant fight club shit with them, but they're not, they don't, they don't have the range. <laughs> like they just, like, there's no real reason for you to be like this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just not, like, maybe do fantasy football like all the rest of your mediocre friends. But instead, you decided you're going to LARP, you know, uh, BS in, in these streets and, you know, be mediocre white racists, mostly. But yeah, basically the dude was out here snitching on cats for years, went to jail, feds dropped all the tea, um, like up until like fairly recent, like 10 years ago, maybe almost 10 years. 
Mans, no, not even. Yeah, almost 10 years ago. Mans was out here, um, you know, dropping dimes and stuff. So the implication kind of is he could still be dropping dimes. So they just made it real hot for him. And, I, you know, you deserve. You deserve. You, 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 you business your brown self with these people. And whatever you get from them is whatever you get from them. If they decide to uh, cosplay on some... Um, you know, get you out of the paint type shit and like, you know, you know, hang you or something. I don't know. It's kind of like you assume the risk by being around these kinds of people. <laughs> um, so our turtle friend is still playing games and now he has two um whack ass um Democrats in name only to play with and that Christian cinema girl from um Arizona and our friend Joe Manchin from West Virginia. And it's kind of like, you guys just don't call yourselves Democrats. You're not really. And I don't understand your point. So they're bullshitting now about getting rid of the filibuster. And it's like, why would you keep something that would make your life hard? But you know, you, you know why T- Turtle Boy would want it because chaos and also power. It's all about power, as we know. But they're going back and forth over it, and I feel like in the end, it's not going to go anywhere, and it's just going to be a shit show every time any major anything happens. Like they're already tap dancing on on the um on giving the people some for real stimulus. They're already bullshitting on that, so like it nothing bodes well for anything in terms of getting anything done, and that is just <sighs> draining. Uh, just. Mm. Like, I'm already tired of the Democrats already, and I'm just ready to, like, tap out on the whole thing, to be honest. Like, there's just so much that needs to be done, and I feel like we're not going to see a fraction of it within the two years that they've got. Because, you know, two years. They're going to get washed in the, in the midterms. They always do. Um, so but they got two years to get it together, and I don't see them being able to uh, do that Um in any real way, but you know, it's still early. We can see what happens, but I can kind of see it coming down the pike. I, I'm not so much optimistic as hoping that can that some things that we need can get done. I mean, of course, it's all about pressing them, so you know what it is. Keep the pressure on. But you know, people have gotten used to not having to do their jobs, so like, now that they have to do them, we'll see what happens. Um. Let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, they're playing ball headed games with the impeachment. Like all the guys who have, <laughs> who have uh, wanted desperately for us to move on, <laughs> like your uh, wolf boy Ted Cruz and that Josh Holly boy, who um, were out here riling up the mouth breathers and shit to run up in the place, are now kind of like it's kind of petty to hold people accountable because god forbid if you keep if you if you hold um orange anus mouth accountable for the things that he's done they might put the spotlight on you and want to keep your ass you know on the hot seat for the shit that you've co-signed and the shit that you've done so you know man's really got up and was like it's petty we shouldn't do impeachment it's just not we should just turn the page and try to get over it like they were coming to kill you, but my guy, like, how do you get over that? I'm still never going to get over it myself. And I wasn't even in the place. Like, imagine if you just worked there like a regular person and you, you at work and the guys that you support with your work are riling up these dummies to come get you. <laughs> like, what? Anyway, that's pretty much all I've got. Um, Let's see. This week, I was able to speak to the uh super talented uh super chef um and beauty um Santana Caress Benitez and we talked about everything because of course you know we went off book our body went off book so we had a nice long conversation kind of about everything hopefully you guys enjoy it and it is coming up in two seconds
Today on the podcast, I have the fabulous Santana Carez Benitez. She is a chef who is a graduate of the Institute of Culinary Education. She is the winner of Chopped. She is also the owner of I'll Cook Like Your Mother, where she brings her dope ass cooking skills to the masses. She is also an actress who you may have seen in Spike Lee's reboot of She's Gotta Have It on Netflix. Uh, she is an insane beauty who does a mean flex on IG and an actual Puerto Rican mermaid. Welcome to the show, Santana. <laughs> I love the Puerto Rican mermaid finish. Hey, mama. I love that. Thank you. That You're, welcome. Intro. <laughs> You're welcome. You're um, welcome. Super, super excited to have you on because like I just ran the light part of the resume, um, but like super excited because, you know, I, I like food and <laughs> you like food. <laughs> Listen. And, I'm happy to be here. Thank oh, you. I'm super, super happy to have you. Um, so let's get started. All right. My first question is, what do you do and why do you do it? What do I do? Okay, first thing, I'm a chef first. I always say I, do, I like to do a lot of different stuff, but cooking and food is what I do. So, and that, that can run the gamut from, you know, recipe development to private dinners to just cooking for friends to going to grocery stores and farmer's markets and really getting into what they have to offer. Um, and why do I do it? I do it because it's such a joy. It's such a pleasure. It's such a passion. And it's something that we have to do every day. So, and it's really my, like, you know, I do consider myself an artist and it is through food and cooking and taking raw ingredients and really making it something that is comforting or just like makes you want to dance when you eat it. Mm-hmm. You know, like food is just my favorite medium for art. So no, I do it every I day. I haven't had the pleasure, which is a mess of enjoying your food, but just looking at the pictures of it, I'm just like, if it doesn't have pork in it, I'm eating it. Oh my God, it looks amazing. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? I, I That's surprising. You haven't been to Makosa or come through? I was, you know, I've been fronting off Makosa for years. Like I was supposed to go Girl. to Makosa like every summer. And of course, like once COVID dropped, it was like, oh, I should, I want to go to things. But I here I am not going to anything because no one's going Well, <laughs> Well, I do have some good news. I'm supposed to be coming back to New York. I have to come back to the States for work and for another doctor appointment, for another Cairo appointment um, in March. Ooh. So I'm going to be doing, I'm working on an, uh, a dinner that's going to be delivered. So Ooh. ordering course with cocktails like I usually okay. do, but delivery service. So okay. stand by for that announcement. So you'll have the opportunity. To oh, I'm definitely going to take advantage of that. Because okay, good. It is past due for me to address it. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, okay, next question. Um, how did you get started in the industry? Um, I got started when I was, okay, so I was in the Air Force prior to starting culinary school. And I was separated from the Air Force in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I actually had plans to go. I wanted to be a food journalist. Oh, fun! Um, and I, I had plans to go. Action! Yeah, always, always, oh, always, always loved oh. him. Always, he's like hugely influential in mm-hmm. in the way that I want my career to go, and just mm-hmm. seeing the possibilities. And 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 what I loved about him is that he didn't do it in like a very food networking way, like very canned kind of way. It was mm-hmm. very much him, very much very go with the flow. It's like, come along if you want to see, but this is how I really get down and where I'm at. So, you know, anyway. Your food and who's really, you know, doing the heavy lifting in the places that you like to go to. Right, exactly. Influence the way I eat now. Like I mm. am a lot more adventurous than I was before I read good so good I love that yeah so um so yeah I was my last duty station was in Germany and Mm -hmm. I was living on the on the basically 30 minutes from the French border and so there was so many good markets and bougie ass little restaurants and really good wine and good access to very good fresh organic food and I've you know, I've always been exposed to all types of different foods growing up. Like that was never, I was a military kid. So I grew up overseas and my dad's from the Caribbean. My mom's from the West coast, from LA to be specific. So food was always a part of our lives, always. Mm -hmm. 
Right. Um, but living there as an adult and just, you know, changing the types of food that I would cook and really expanding my types of food. I was like, Oh, I want to be, I want to be a food journalist. Cause I knew for sure I was getting out. So then I, I get out of the military and then I start school in New York at ICE, the Institute of Culinary Education. And I was just like, damn, this is the cooking piece for me is more what I really enjoy because it comes naturally to me. I enjoy doing it. I want to do it even when I'm not at school. Even before I started going to school, I would always cook for people. So it, and it just kind of built that way. You know, I started in culinary school and at the same time, I was so determined. I was uh, reaching out on Craigslist to different restaurants in New York, like, hey, I'll work for you guys. Garde Manger, I'll work for free, whatever it is. So I started working at um, Maison Premier in Williamsburg. Okay. It's on second in, second in Grand, second in Bedford. What was that? Second in Bedford. And um, so I was simultaneously going to culinary school and working there. And I knew I wasn't a big fan of the way that they ran their kitchen, mm. but I knew I liked the things that I was learning. And I just, I liked the flow of restaurant life. So mm. I worked in about two more restaurants after that. And then I started working in nonprofit work. I was the chef instructor at the Lower East Side Girls Club. Oh, nice. And I also did their on-site catering. So things that were separate from the girls club, which is a, a whole ass compound on the Lower East Side. Like it's a, it has a planetarium oh, wow. and a rooftop garden. It's a, it's a hidden gem that a lot of people don't know about. It's yeah. state of the art and it's, it's right in the Lower East Side. So after that, you know, there was an insane CEO, crazy white lady who was just taking advantage of the black and brown community and trying to act like she was doing all this good. I'm a savior. And I just couldn't work for her anymore. So I left. And then within a week of me leaving, I recorded Chopped. I won. Oh, wow. That didn't get released wow. to like six months later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, I just started freelancing. I started saying, okay, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to start offering, you know, dinners or lunches or caterings to different people throughout New York. I'll use my friend network and see, hey, if there's anything at your office that you guys need, let me know. And I was running my food blog for years before, even before even leaving the Air Force, I was doing like a little food blog on Tumblr back in the Tumblr days. Ah, uh, Tumblr. <laughs> so it just exploded on Tumblr, right? It just exploded, it expanded. And then I just became, you know, when you're in New York, the whole concept of freelance, everyone knows what a freelancer is in New right. York. Right, right. So you can really take advantage of that. You can really say, all right, I'm going to be a freelancer. But I started doing it with food. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I'm just thinking of that your experience at the at that nonprofit, which mm -hmm. that, I feel like that's a lot of people's stories, like where they yeah. like their you know white savior coming down from the mountain to save the poor bedraggled <laughs> Negro and Latin youths. <laughs> let's, yep. let's help them save them from yep. themselves, and then they just get yep. they get high off their own supply, and then just ruin everything. Exactly. That's ex that's exactly what happened. But apparently she's gone. Her name is Lynn Nottage. And I, I you know, Oh I yeah. That. I heard of her. You know, oh, I know you have heard of her. She's nuts boots. <laughs> boots. So you can put that in the podcast. I have no shame. Oh, I don't edit a lot of these conversations. So it's fun. wonderful. One wonderful. Everybody no, you know, can come like on here and be themselves. That's that's the major key <laughs> here at most. Good. Good. Kids. Come out here and do I mean, what I, you want to do. <laughs> good. I mean, I left the Lower East Side Girls Club. We're going up on coming up on six years this fall. It'll be six years. So it's been so long. But I have kept in contact with a lot of the women who worked there. And we've all we've maintained good relationships and everyone's on the same page. So it is what it is. I hear that. <laughs> I mean, you know, everybody kind of goes into those things with the idea that they're gonna just do good work and then I don't know, man. There's always that mm -hmm. one person who just corrupts the whole shit and just ruins the mm -hmm. shit. Like you want to be like, 100%. You're doing, you know, you're doing good work or blah, 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 you know. But then there's the one cat who's like, I'm a messiah. It's like, all right, calm down. <laughs> Yo, and it was actually a really cool job because 50% of the job was like teaching the girls, you know, teaching culinary classes, different groups of girls. But then the other 50% was being the catering chef, the head chef for all the on-site events. So like I catered RBG's book release party. Oh, wow. Rosario Dawson had a fashion show there after a New York, New York fashion week after party, like, you know, happy hour type of thing that I did there. We just did, I did a bunch of different stuff. So it really was a very, very cool job, but you know, yeah. it's time to move on. It's time yeah. to move on. Yeah. I mean, that was the sign. So you went on to bigger, bigger and better things. 
like yeah yeah for sure acting. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so next question um what do you hope to achieve what is like your perfect like the thing you envision for yourself is like the end game in terms of your career, like the major thing that you want to create? I have such a clear vision for this. And I love when I'm asked that question because it allows me to speak it out again, get witnesses, yeah. you know what I mean? Which is important to all of our, our plans. Absolutely. Um, I really, really love the, the world of food. That's never going to shift. I want to stay within this world. But I also really enjoy, you know, creating content. I like media. I loved filming. I think filming was such a fun experience, both season one and two. Um, I'm not into so much the acting world, getting an agent, getting a manager, going on auditions. Like, that's just really not where I'm coming from. So moving back to the Bourdain realm, you know, he, mar he married the two so nicely. He was a bona fide chef. He worked in restaurants. Food was his, like, his shit, his main reason for traveling. Like representing for the people who you don't see. Mm -hmm. I, I just love that so much about him. Absolutely. And and also his his desire to travel and meet people, but it was always driven by food. So I really would like to have a program really much in the same vein, but just a different perspective. Like I'm not a 40-something, 50-something, you know, white dude that grew right. up, you know, in the crazy times in New York. You know, that's not my story. That's not who I am. That's not my perspective. Right. So I really want to have that same opportunity to, you know, maybe shoot three months out of the year, my program, my version of the Bourdain, you know, show. I'd love that. And for you. You'd be so good at that. Like, cause you're so engaging and like, you know, when you're giving information, when you're teaching, it's all like you fall right into it. And it's like, Oh, I could probably do this. If I wasn't, late. <laughs> I could probably do all of this. Let me get my nice skills up. <laughs> I love so, that. No, I love I, that. I think you would absolutely slay that because it's like, you're, you're, you know, you're freaking gorgeous on top of everything else. So, you know, I could see you like, we're going to be doing a beachside, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So like, sweet. Thanks. We'd just be like, everybody be like, look at us gagging. I'd be like, look. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. I, I love that you see the vision too. So I would love to do, I see myself, I imagine shooting three months out of the year, maybe one or two months of press one because i imagine that comes with all that you know that all that shit Absolutely. and then being home like in the caribbean chilling beach life river life with my jeep and my house and my possibly my children and oh, my I partner yeah you know so i already have the person that i want to have kids with but i'm trying uh -huh. to get everything lined up <laughs> one thing off the list <laughs> check <laughs> no, no. So that's it. I really want to have like a very natural, easy life. And then the other side of it is the work, the travel, the, all the adventure and all the fun that that comes with. I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's, and I love that whole idea where it's like, you know, the vision is very clear, you know, cast just have to catch up. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like where y'all at, you know, in 2020 and there's something still hanging in the air like the really big, big stuff, I never, you know, I talk about things, but the big stuff you wait, you know, you wait for it to come to fruition. Yeah. And there are some really big things in the air, but it's one of those like hurry up and wait and mm -hmm. things to me until I sign a contract, until you have my like payment info and I'm giving you a W9, like Amen. it's not a thing yet. That's me. So, That's me and my husband all the time. Like he's ready to go. He's got the thing. And I'm like, listen, until the check has been cut. <laughs> Right. Until the documents have been signed. <laughs> right. Right. And I do get ahead of myself sometimes. But when you're playing on a big scale, when you're talking like contracts and television, where you're headlining things, that's yeah. those are not things. That's not a world that I am so familiar with, even though I've been acting, even though I was on Netflix, even though I'm in SAG, all that. That's a whole nother level yeah. of of media and production that I'm not that I have no experience with yet. So yet i'm taking my time yet. yet oh it's yet because it's coming. i'm just taking my time <laughs> as you should Ooh. yeah fingers crossed i mean as you should like a lot of these like there's people who like you heard about their projects coming for like 
three years. And then when they finally get it, you're like, oh, I'm glad they took their time with this because it's exactly the way you can see that it's exactly the way that they want it. Like your Atlanta yeah. or your insecures and your things like that. Yeah. Where you can yeah. See they took time with it. Like we were all sitting here like, what's good? When is it coming? But it came when it was supposed to. So I feel like that's, that's coming for you as well. <laughs> Oof. I hope so. I appreciate that for sure. Having other people say it is like, all right, we need more people put it in the air. <laughs> just all, we're all spraying it around. It's got to land at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> for sure. All right. So what advice would you give to someone who is interested in what you do to get started? Um, people, I do get a lot of messages actually on Instagram. Random people will ask me the same question. I always tell them, if you're really good at food, if you like cooking, even if you're getting better, like just keep cooking is just like playing basketball or playing an instrument. You have to cook all the time. Mm -hmm. You have to cook all the time. You have to really work at, um, sorry, did that there was a call that came and I had to decline. Mm -hmm. You have to really work at, uh, it's just like a craft, like any, anything else. So that's why I'm willing, like I'm able to like, if I try a recipe or someone says, oh, they'll say like the name of a soup or a grain or whatever. And they'll just say what it was. I'm like, I don't even need to look up a recipe. I've made variations from different cuisines. They're using that technique because I've used technique over and over and over and over and over through the years mm -hmm. that I know what works and what doesn't. Even if I'm ignorant about a certain dish, I can, I could tell you off top what I, what I would do to make it, you mm -hmm. know, and I might do my research to like really refine it, but you have to just cook regularly, you know, it can't just, if you're, if you have an interest in food, that's wonderful, but everyone does, so many people do. And a lot of people, I just feel like when it comes to flavor and cooking, like it's just like with style and grace and, and personality, like you're born with it. This is a soul that you were born with that carries that. Cooking, you can get better, but there's always an edge that someone else could have because they were born to cook like that. Like that's just, it's their mom cook like that. Their grandma cook like that. Their father might've cooked like that. Like that's just something that was just given to them. That's like family blessing right. or whatever. Right. So remember that piece. Also, I think um, just, I think it's, it surprises me and saddens me how many people worry about, and I understand it, but how, people, how many people worry about other people that are doing food, but there's like literally millions of people doing food. And so what, like, I, I, I can look a lot of people and about a lot of things like what they're not getting over what someone else is getting or what person is doing whatever thing they're interested in and, and like popping at the moment like they, right. they get they get like waylaid by that obsession of what right because the only thing that you have in common with that other person is that you're worrying about what they're doing instead of worrying yeah. about what they're doing, you know yeah and that's so so true like I really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, think that, that none of that matters what other people are doing because there's so much abundance. There's so much possibility for, for everybody. everybody to get some yeah. shit. Yeah, man. You know, like, I don't I don't follow a lot of... The celebrities that I follow, the ones that I know, ones that I fuck with heavy, heavy, heavy through the years, I've loved their work, mm -hmm. or chefs. Like, I follow a lot of chefs. And, and I mean peer chefs, peers of mine, people who I know have been doing food blogging or cooking or recipe building, like shout out to Holly. You know, she's a, yeah. a perfect example. And Holly's Absolutely. very successful. Holly's diligent. Holly mm -hmm. is always producing content, always. recipes, it's sharing her food. Amazing looking stuff. Like it's wild. Always. But Holly is self-taught, I believe. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. But Holly was diligent. Holly, yeah. from from since I've known her, she's it's like constant content that is it's curious content and she has her own culture that she brings yeah she has that asian influence she's a black woman as well so she marries the two and you just you can't teach that you know what there i mean are chefs that, I've <clears throat> that i've been following for years who have you know put out their own cookbooks and i cook from those cookbooks every chance i get you know what i mean so it doesn't necessarily have i love that like you don't necessarily have to be on the food network matter of fact i don't really know a lot of those kinds of shows no. it's food like network it's self-taught home chefs that be like just slain and like they put their work into a place that's accessible for yeah. a person like me who is not interested in cooking most of the time. Yeah. But if yeah. I do it and you give me some good direction, like a lot of their stuff becomes staples that I make now. I love that. 
I love that. I love that. And you know what? On my Patreon, like my patrons tell me these things and it makes me so happy. They're like, yo, I cannot believe I made a whole fucking penil. I cannot believe I made a whole cake. I cannot believe. And they're like, they'll tell me. And even like a month later, they'll repost what they, they, they cooked it again. Cause they're like, I know how to make this. It's crazy. Right. Right. And that's, that's really that for me. I love that. Those are the coolest moments. And so going back to, I guess my original point was, I love seeing what my peer chefs are up to. It is not even, and all my favorite chefs, peer chefs have more followers than me. And I don't give a shit. I, none of that shit matters to me. I don't care. And you know what? The ones that do, the ones that I follow, the ones that matter are so good at what they do. That's why I even bother following them. Right. I admire it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's great. It's inspiration. It keeps you feeding off each other. It's exciting. Like, remember one night I made nachos, uh, I made smashed potato nachos after leftovers and Holly saw that and made them too. So it's like, she, we, ins- I'm so inspired by her. I'm my so- other chefs too. I'm bringing her up because she's a friend that we both know. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, if I worried about putting a recipe out because chefs that I know are doing the damn thing as well and are good, what are you talking? I don't even, I don't think about them unless I'm going to go be like, Ooh, let me see what they cook in a day. You know what I'm like, saying? And you have- I could actually do this. Like, do I have the skill set to do this for me? When I follow those folks, it's like, Oh, I could do I, maybe let me go see if I can find some black cocoa or whatever this is. I love it. Yeah. 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 Cause she loves election. So it's like, and you know, there's other chefs like chef Chris, who I don't know if you know him, chef Chris Scott, Mm-mm. he was, uh, he was very close to winning top chef. He owned two restaurants in, in New York, really fucking good ones. They close, he closed them. Nice. He moved to, to uh, Connecticut, mm-hmm. but now he's back with the new restaurant. Like he is definitely a black chef that I look to. Um, him and I have cooked together. He invited me to do an event with him for Puerto Rico once. I loved his style. I just think he's a dope dude and a really, okay. really good chef. Chef Maria, there's a black woman chef, Dominican, Puerto Rican from the island here. Mm-hmm. She was New York trained. She's incredible. So people really look to your contemporaries and appreciate what they do because we, we got into the work that we did because other people inspired us. We saw it was exciting. We could feed people and that's all industries. And yeah. so look to them, but don't, you know, don't trip off that. It's not about getting, or even just, just drilling down into your passion, just doing it and document it, yeah. document your work, take your pictures. I mean, I'm like, damn, even, I'm even with this podcast, this is, I've been listening to other people's podcasts for years and mm-hmm. you know, people were like, oh, you could absolutely do it. Blah, blah, blah. You have a viewpoint, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, but like, <laughs> Not for nothing, a lot of these, like the read and like um, some of like the more like uh, the crooked media, some of those, not all of them, but like mm-hmm. a lot of black mm-hmm. and brown podcasters that I listen to and enjoy, Vega mm-hmm. Boys, like it's all been like super inspirational to me. And like, definitely. The problem is, I think people think that there's just not enough space at the table. Like they're coming from a place of lack when they, when they look at what everybody else is doing and don't pay attention to what they need to be doing. The thing exactly passionate about, like this is exactly duper new for me. I'm still learning as it is, but I listen to those folks who've been killing it for like years and are getting to their blessings because they've been grinding and they're yep. the, and they've been their authentic selves while they're doing it. Like they yep. don't, they're not changing up anything for anybody else. They come as they are. And I'm like, that is inspirational because I don't have the range to try to be sounding like this is an NPR podcast over here. You know what I no, mean? that's true. That's really, really true. And like, and this is even on some, like, I'm not even trying to do no name dropping shit at all, but Crystal's a friend of mine. Like Crystal's been to my parents' homes. Like oh, I love that. I've got, I've been in other cities with Crystal and I met her through my very good friend, Jade, who's also mm-hmm. started off in podcasting. They're yep. super tight. So yep. just through the years, we've all kicked it and I've watched them all be very, very diligent about their recording schedules. I, we've, I've been out of town twice and I've witnessed them both. They got their mics, they're still calling in, they're doing what they have to do, but they're very, very authentic. Yeah. The way they talk on their podcast, it's literally, that's why I like listening to the podcast because yeah. I feel like I'm hanging out at the table. Exactly. Chilling with them because they are authentic. And so, yes, that was my, that was the next last piece of advice. Like be just, be an authentic version of yourself. You already are who you are. Just There's nobody keep else doing like that. You. You can't be anybody else. No, no. And we, yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, there's just, just, there's so much space. There's so, there's so much space that not enough space is being taken up. That's it. That's it right there. That's it. Like a lot of people are afraid to like, you know, shake the table and like take up space. And like, I'm, you know, I'm guilty of it. Like I'm not even a thing of where I 
um, I'm, I'm not in competition with anybody else but myself, but like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I forget, you know, sometimes you forget who, who the fuck you are and you just got to remind yourself, like, you're not here to yeah. play small, like your ancestors didn't bring you here to lose, you know what I'm yep. saying? So you got to come with it or don't bother, you know? So exactly. I'm trying to be more um, diligent about this and, uh, you know, it's a passion. It's not, it wasn't a passion per se, but like, I figured I could shout all this stuff at the television or I could put it into a microphone and maybe people will agree. A hundred percent. Seriously. A hundred percent. I love podcasts. I'm loyal to mine. I, Me too. I listen to maybe about six of them regularly and mm-hmm. I refresh and I look and, and a few of them have been retired, but I still listen to old episodes mm-hmm. and I actually just yes. recently, most recently got into Stretch and Bobbito, their What's Good podcast. Oh, Yes. The old one on NPR, I'm listening uh-huh. to old seasons and they have like Lenny Kravitz and Beth Ann Hardison and the Beastie Boys. Those are my three I've been really loving lately. So podcasts really, because I do so much, I'm alone. I, you know, you're home at the house. Right. When I am alone, when I am alone, I am, podcasts are my friends. I know the hosts. Right. I mean, literally, literally I know the hosts and then I, <laughs> most of them I don't know. Right. Right. But I just love hearing other people. Sometimes you just want to hear other people Yes, I, I want to hear people's opinions that I agree with. I like, because I like to hear the more thought out, intentional, I come right. here every week to break down these thoughts and share for a reason, you know, and listen right. to them. I like, you know, so podcasts are the shit and I'm always yeah. looking for new ones, but they rarely catch me. Right. So it's important. Again, there's so much space that needs to be taken up. There's so many podcasts that I just, that don't exist yet that I'm like, dang, I wish I could listen to hours and hours and hours of this. Well, you might could be pulling up into the place with your own voice because you definitely- Oh girl, that's the dedication. I have podcaster friends who are like real deal podcaster friends. So I'm like, that's too much dedication. (laughs) No, and honestly seeing I'm like, eh, too much dedication. Like too much. Like I feel like I have a uh, recording schedule because when we, me and Jay try and plan food stuff, it's us. Okay. I'm recording Thursday. We're going to like, got you, got you, got you. And I totally respect <laughs> it because that's the realm she started and that's her bread and butter. Like, yeah. and I love her podcast. So, yeah, you know, and that way, that's how I get to hear my friend every week. So it's nice. So, you know, it's nice. Cause he's like, you get yeah, to, definitely. like you're talking to your friend. Um, so I have one right. more question. What was the worst job you've ever had? I've had really good jobs because I've always, even since very young, been very selective about the shit that I invest my time and my emotions in mm-hmm. and the people that I'm even, I mean, from very young. So I was always, I had really cool work. I would have to say in terms of actual work and what the job was, the Air Force, okay. my experience and the people that I love and the opportunities, whatever expense they came at, because I do understand that they came at an expense. Oh, wait. A beautiful time. One second, someone's bringing my Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. Timing couldn't be worse, Brad. <laughs> Some <cat>. Brad. <laughs> Trying to sell Hold me. on real quick, though. Before we get back in this, can, can we just celebrate the fact that that orange rash shit stain? Woo! Today is his last day in office. Amen. 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 Can we just please Woo! leave all cynicism, cynicism aside? I don't give a fuck about your cynicism. Amen. Please, thank God. Ashe, because honey, a lot Ashe. of people did not make it to this day, including people in my own family. A lot of people didn't make it. And um, I'm just happy that uh, we're seeing it. I know he is a sack of fucking shit. Oof. And he, he's going to do scams until the day he goes out the door. Yep. He is a garbage, garbage, garbage monster. hundred percent. Just carrying on about his fucking ass is partly how this shit got started. Cause I just, I just had to put it, put it somewhere. Like I had to be able to just scream at someone other than my husband. Like, (laughs) like, are you seeing this fucking shit? Like I couldn't like, oh my God. Like we knew it was going to be bad. We knew Mm -hmm. it was going to be bad. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, like this is probably the thing he was most successful at being fucking awful and like destroying being all the shit. The literal worst human being on earth. Like actively ignorant, uninterested in anything having to do with the job he had. Like he was everything they said Obama would be. Like mad home. He had the nerve to be so ugly and terrible to look at. Like he ain't got no and swag, no charisma, can't even it. speak. Nothing. He looks like he, you know, he has skid marks in his drawers, big you old drawers every day. He micro wears diapers. Energy, micro dick energy. Micro, oh, literal like, micro it's dick. Practically inside him, like 
tucked Talk- away. It's a, it's a second belly button, babes. Man, and like the gas, like you gonna try to gaslight me into thinking this is more than what it is. It's a, it's a money grab. It's a scam. It's a hustle. Just like everything else he's ever done in his entire life, he has never his entire been life accomplished anything except for ruining shit. And it's like terrible. If anything came out of this, it's the fact that there's no fucking limit to what you want to do because this mediocre bitch got to sit and fart on our furniture in our mother literally that's our house no not even mediocre he's like beyond he's like less than mediocre honestly like saying he's below is like almost insulting to mediocrity it's a hundred mediocrity says there's you're you're a passable standard he's not even a passable standard it's like he's not well for them he is them he represents them so you know our body like you know what let's not talk about him it's it's his last day amen Bye, bitch. I know you're going to be around in our psyche somewhere, but at least not in the office. Oh my God. I got to take this headband off. Oh, sorry. Uh Get the fuck out. And I am very sorry about those losses. You know, I, I I often, I most times don't know what to say when people are grieving, but other than, you know, sending love to you. I'm the same way. I usually don't know how to, um, how to respond, but there's really no real, no special way to respond. Like, I prefer people just not say anything than say something cliche that'll make me itch. Exactly, exactly. I can't imagine typing, praying for you and the family. I just, I mean, I get it. That's great. But I can't imagine just telling people that. It doesn't feel genuine to me. It right. feels like I'll read it and I'll, my heart will literally ache for that person. And I'm not gonna be like, my heart aches for you. It doesn't feel genuine. It's right. just like, hey, we love you. And that to me, that might be the appropriate one. We love yeah, you I'm, if you need enough. anything. Like I'm thinking of you. I can't imagine what you're going through. You know, you know, whatever you need. And just go on with it. I'm not gonna ask. Yeah. But you thank you for that thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. So I'll leave it there. I just wanted to say that to you. Thank you so much. Um, of course. So where were we? <laughs> uh, we were talking about the worst job your last I think. That yeah, that's right. That's right. I would say, cause I, I, it was either coffee shops, restaurants, or the air force and then the lower East Side girls club. So, and then everything else was working for myself. So I would say, um, definitely the actual job and the work was, was the air force, but the experience and just the all around my, what happened and what it brought. I mean, I can't say that. I think it's the perfect example of love hate is summed up and i mean literally love and hate summed up i hear you sums up that feeling of that that those six years yeah i mean let me see i'm trying to think i mean nothing beats working for yourself i realized nothing once we launched our own thing once we got our own consultancy off the ground and I was working in it and I had like control over what I was doing and I set my own prices and la la la. Schedule. This is it. Like, this is it. I don't want to do nothing else. Like right now, you know, everything is like super raggedy, (laughs) courtesy of (laughs) bloated ass cheek. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Everything is raggedy. So it's harder to to get to the the things. So like I've been looking at other non- um, non me working for myself type spots and it's just like just applying to the positions and knowing how right. it's on the back end and knowing the bullshit and people not knowing what they want and you know things that they know for certain it's not you and it's fine and it's just like the idea of going into an office and smiling because I, I did it for a bit and I remember being so tired at the end of the day because I expended so much energy being on and like responsive and smiling that's not a thing I do I mean yes I smile but like when it's like on demand type shit I I was exhausted every day I would come in between the the commute and the people and the questions and the 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 people repeating yourself and just saying the same shit over and over and over so it didn't even have any meaning I would be so tired so I Mm. did I don't relish the idea of ever really working for someone else but you got to do what you got to do to keep the lights on even you know because exactly valleys in every business and you know obviously my business has been affected just like everybody else's um during this pan panasonic and <laughs> it's just they're in the panty they're in the panty um it's just <laughs> it's just 
uh, the idea of it all, like working for yourself is top tier. It's not for everybody. I don't tell everybody they should do it. It's not a requirement that everybody should do it, but if it's right, by all means, get yours and do you, but baby working for other people is just like, like, it's like not going to happen. Like being around a bunch of vampires all day long, just sucking your energy and your time. Nope. No, I, just, I hate it so much. I no. Really so nope. The yeah. only time I work for people is if it's like, I mean, production is different because you don't, you know, it takes a whole fucking team. But right. and even like even for clients for catering, like if you're an asshole, I'm not just gonna spend hours and days and time and thought and care and love and stress over your fucking event just because you're paying me. Like I don't want to work with you. Right. Like that's the choice. You have a choice, right? Always a choice. Even in these like outfits where you work with somebody else, you have the choice to be like, I'm gonna eat shit today or I'm not gonna eat shit today. So like I'm oh yeah, I'm gonna show up in the clothes I want to wear. I mean, I was gonna look clean and professional, but I'm not wearing there's no uniform for your event unless you have some unless you were talking like big money and you have a very, you know, top tier event, all that. But I'm gonna wear what I wanna wear. I'm gonna I usually I would say Actually, I've never, ever, ever, ever had a client to give me a menu. A client that gives me a menu is not a client for me. Like, no, you know and what I, I mean? I feel like if you're bringing a professional on, let them do what they do. You yeah. know, you could give them like an idea of what it is you're looking for and let them wrap, yeah. wrap themselves in that area. But like, I feel like I'm not telling you what to do. I brought you in because I don't know what I'm doing. So girl, do what you do. Listen, <laughs> exactly. And you know what I appreciate? I will say. This is another little random one. Last summer, me and Jade catered a party, a private party on the rooftop, the same place we do Makosa mm. for Kira Sedgwick and Kevin Bacon and oh, their I son. That. Was, they were Kira Sedgwick was a a total breeze and a total down to earth, polite person to work with. She was she was the one that we were in contact with. There was no assistant. She was like, okay, um, let's go through a menu, whatever. She paid on time. She walked up at the beginning of the party with an envelope for the tip proper percentage plus and was like thank you so much she was just such a joy and such a like she was really dope and she's like a top hollywood director actor yeah her and kevin and both of them come on both of them and like their son's party was really cool they were he was like a he was turning 30 and he had like this very it was like the very stylish gothic moneyed gothic you know, crew of New York. Uh-huh. And it was very interesting. His grandmother was there. And I just love seeing the chemistry between Kira and Kevin. They had, you could tell their, their sexual chemistry was palpable. Like, and you, you know, sh- I had to look up their signs. She's a Leo, he's a cancer. Oh, so it's was like, oh, their dynamics made sense because she was like running the show and making sure everything looked uh-huh. good. And he was like the family guy kind of just there supporting. So right. shout out to Kira Sedgwick. She was a dope, dope client for sure. Okay. Yeah, that's the con. You want you want the cat who's just gonna let you do what you do. Like my favorite clients are the ones who do not know what they're doing. They understand that they don't know what they're doing, and they need us. Yep, and they tell you that, and they tell us <laughs> as much. They don't pretend that they don't know what they don't know, and yeah. let you ride and just pay you the monies. Give me the monies. <laughs> pay the monies. Okay, give me the money and the just let me do what I fucking want to do here. Like, let me help that's you it. not get sued. So that's it. Do it, you know. That's it. The major. That's key. it. Let me give you some flavors and some good ass food. So yeah. the event's over. Your guests are like, "Damn, we ate some good food." Yes, you oh, did. What's her name? <laughs> have her come through and do this for me. You know, that's what you want. Yes. That, yes, that referral. Exactly. You know, you want the cats to be like, "Yo, this is so bomb." They still talking about exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Nailed it. Where they're like, "Yo, this person came with it." Like, yep. Exactly that. Because like when I got married, <laughs> one of the things that I, that's been like the biggest compliment to me, like it, it's not a flex, but still it was like, you know, we got married at the Botanic Gardens in Brooklyn and everybody in there oh, was nice. like the, the straight professional. Like, again, we don't know nothing. This is what, this is the date. This is what we want. This is how many people, this is the food kind so of. So want it to look like. Yeah, this is what yeah. we want it to be. Keep it simple. Everything's just pretty and tasty. Boys, girls, dancing, food, and booze. That's it. And they were like, all right. Yeah, perfect. And they did that, like, from the rooter to the tutor to the point where, you know, we've been married <laughs> over 15 years and people are still talking about our wedding. So I, that was like- Oh, shit, 15 like the, years. How do you make it to 15 years, Maxine? Um, 
liking each other. <laughs> How did you make it to 50, liking each other? Liking yeah. each other. I mean, it's 30 years almost all together because we've been together since undergrad. Wowzers. <laughs> but like, really, it's very simple. Um, what are the signs? Give me, remind uh, me of I'm your a, signs. I'm a Sagittarian. He's a Pisces. Interesting. Okay. All right. I think, I feel like Pisces men, you know what? Pisces men actually need someone who's as independent and not jealous and chill as a Sagittarius woman is because Pisceans in general tend to, and it's nothing against who they're with, how much they like them. They tend to float away for a little bit, yeah, but they make their way back if they, yeah. And they make their way back if they really fuck with you. And Sag yeah. is just like, all right, they're just doing them. I'm not going to trip off that. And we yeah. have fun together. We can, Absolutely. yeah. And Sag is a very fun, young, fresh energy and spirit, ready down I'm for whatever. Gonna, I've never been a, like, I'm not going to fight you to to keep you here. Like, if you want to be here, you'll be here. No, like, if right. you like me, you'll like me whenever you still like me. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I the thing that worked best for us is because we're, you know, I'm a Sagittarian. So we're, we're very independent just in general. So if you're crowding me, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like you got to let me go do what I'm going to do. I mean, definitely respectful with it. It's always going to be, I'm coming back, but you got to let me go off and do it. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Oh my God. Yeah. That's part of what has definitely kept us together where we both have our own things and we, we have our own interests. We're not one of those, we people. Well, no, 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 no. And we like weeing all over. No, we don't do that. Like we're Mm -hmm. we're within our parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah major key some people lose themselves on purpose like they lose their personality they lose their interest they lose everything once they pair up with someone and i feel like they do themselves a disservice when they do shit like that yikes the worst is when people do a joint facebook and they put their names together oh. i'm gonna hate that i'm gonna hate that and talk shit about that for the rest of my fucking As life that should. shit is goofy That's- that's, that is some goofy boots. That is some fucking ripe from mockery ass shit. Like what? I, what the fuck? I look like, D. Like never, I, never. I, Instagram. No. Get out of here. <laughs> never. No, but that's good. That's actually really good, and I think I'm really grateful. I I definitely have that dynamic in my in my in my love life. So that's really important. That's what I mean for other. me. Very simple. Giving each other space. Yeah. Being respectful to each space. other. Space. And like giving each other space to do what they want to do, support the things that they love as, as long as it's not stupid and dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just letting people fly. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, be be supportive if it doesn't work out. And exactly. You know, just genuinely liking each other, you know? So, yeah. You know, we're, we grew old together, literally. We're, we're getting old. <laughs> like I met him when I was That's so cool. 18. And he was... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So like even you were a literal baby. Like, yeah, we were babies. We grew up together. So um yeah, and we're still and you're a grown ass woman and y'all are still rocking. Yep, still rocking. I love it. You know, I love it. Still like each other, which is amazing. Some people are just meant to be like some people are just meant to be with that person forever. You know, it's like some people were meant to find love early and cultivate it. And that's their, their person. That's their partner. Like, yeah, I have a thing around marriage and that's my own shit to work through. I guess. I don't know if I even have oh, to work I was through not it. marrying anybody. I did not um, have any plans <clears throat> to be married. I had no interest in marriage. Um, I hadn't been exposed to good marriages go- growing up mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. had no interest in it. I thought it was a fool's game. I felt like, mm-hmm you know, it, it demeaned women. That's how I feel. <laughs> it feels like a fool's game, but you know, it, it's all about the person. If you want it, and you don't have to marry them. Like you could just enjoy that person for life. It's all good. Um, but like, you know, for me, it was just like, it was just a natural progression. Like mm-hmm. I knew we were getting married, but I wasn't pressed over when or where or how long or any of that. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, it's not that I don't, I don't find myself in a situation where I'm like, I want to be with this person for a very long time, but it's also like, mm, but do we have to get married? No, sure don't. Sure don't. You you really me. don't. No. I mean, it's not, I mean, you don't got, it's like for most things, like sometimes it's for you. Sometimes it's not like the, be- the beautiful buttery shit about um, having your own mind is you can change your mind or 
or not do things just the way you fucking want to do it. Like, there's, yeah, there's no rule book. Like I, I was that way about my wedding. It was like, there's no rule book. If I want to have like three maids of honor and four bridesmaids, then that's what the fuck I'm going to do. If I Absolutely. don't be here and I want people to come and have a good time, leave them kids at home. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not, a, I don't, I don't have, I really, really don't have a rule book for my life at all mm-hmm. that any, you know, I have my own, maybe my own book book, but I just, I do what I want to do. If I'm not harming people, I do exactly what I want to do that's or not to. That's really that's it. That's I'm, it. That's the main. I'm not thing. harming myself or others. I do even if I am harming myself. I do. It's it's my it's choice. True. Yes, it's it's your picking for yourself. Like I always yeah. say that when people are like, "Oh my god, blah blah blah," and I'm like, "But they picked that for themselves. That's what they picked. So who are you to judge? You could be like, damn, I wouldn't have picked it, but that's that's what they, what they chose. Yeah, facts, facts, it or facts, not, facts, facts. and go off and mind your fucking business because it's free. And it that's very sad of you. I love that. You guys are the least judgmental. Maybe probably the least. You and Gemini are probably like the least judgmental signs in the zodiac, I would say. Oh yeah. And moon, Aquarius moon is in there. It's I think it's a moon rising. No, it's not. Uh, this Gemini. Aquarius always acts like they're not judgmental, but they're very judgmental in their own Aquarian way, but I think Sagittarians and Geminis are truly non-judgmental. I don't have that. And they're a fun matchup. I, have yeah. I dated a, no, I've never dated a Gemini. You might have opinions, but it's like you don't give a fuck what people are doing. And if people are doing this, you don't care. Like, whatever. Do you? Yeah. That's literally it for me. Because um, I, yeah. like, what do I look like? Um, trying to police somebody's shit. I, I look like a fucking. Yeah. Shit. And that's the problem. I exactly. Say, you know, the world would be great if everybody could mind their goddamn business because mind your business. 100%. 100%. And also, it's just like when I'm at home, there's always something to be done, like to tidy up, move around. Just like with me, there's always something I could be doing for and with myself than honestly stressing over somebody. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is in that realm. But yeah. It is. Like, it's whatever. Anywho, that was my last question. <laughs> Um, thank you, Santana, for being on the show. What are you working on and where can the people find you? Right now I am working on, I'm actually waiting on my GoPro because I'm going to start doing it like adventure videos around okay. Puerto Rico. I love it. And, the, and not just the cooking piece, like me cooking piece, but where I get my food, you know, and I have this cool thing when I, when I, one of my Christmas gifts was a clip for the GoPro. So you can attach it to your shirt and it'll be, it'll magnetize to your shirt. Oh. And you can walk around with it. You can put it any height. You can put it on other things. So oh, that's, that's going to be, mm-hmm. so I'm definitely going to invest more time. And in, cause I'm always out doing river ventures and on different beaches and different little food stops around the Island. So I need to really start investing my time in that. I'm also that. doing the delivery thing. When I come back to New York, I'm going to do a dinner teaming up with a pastry chef friend of mine, chef oh. Shuna Leiden. She's dope, dope, dope. And then we're going to be delivering, having the meals delivered. So I'm doing that. And then honestly, if 2020 taught me anything is that I really take it like week by week up to like maybe two, three months in advance max. I'm not doing, don't ask me anything past, legitimately past March. I don't know. I don't even know about March, you know? And I think our control over what's going to happen or our schedule was always an illusion, but that illusion really was busted down for me in 2020. I do not know what's going to happen for me beyond shit literally not even right now but you feel me like I don't go past I used to project the whole year events different parties different whatever I was going to do I don't even I'm not doing that anymore that those days are done I don't think I'll ever for the rest of my life do that and that's if anything has come from this year last year it was basically well you're going to be sitting down whether or not you want to you know what I mean you're going to you're going to have to take the pause, which I think has been very good for a lot of people and a lot of people who just could not handle it, which is why they out here being reckless now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they, you know, they just could not not do it for the gram. They could not not uh, travel and risk it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's the thing that um, has come up. A whole lot of stuff has come up out of uh, this panoramic but like, <laughs> I think people 
really showing who they are in terms of how they think of themselves and other people, if they think of other people at all, or how they maneuver themselves around their work or how they're with their families and all that sort of thing. It has forced right. people to really, really actively think about how they're maneuvering in the world, right? Yeah. So that's been definitely. So yeah, I don't really plan to run events, but those are my main things, my adventures of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And then just continuing to to be able to cook in the States and make, you know, make money in cooking as a, as a chef. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, just doing what I do, but being very consistent about it. And um, really also 2021, the big theme is just building on the relationships that I have already. I feel like I have a good rapport with my people in my life, but I like even, I want to, wanted to go deeper from my mom to my sisters, to my close friends, to my lover. Like, you know, I want to make sure I'm cultivating people. That's really important to me because I know I can do that. I don't know what else is going to flow through in this year. So I hear that. And in terms mm -hmm. of social media presence, where can the people find you? Oh, um, my name is it's my first and middle name on all platforms, Twitter, which I'm, I don't really like get into Twitter too deep. Like I did back in the day. I really just repost things from Instagram, mm -hmm. um, Santana caress, same on Instagram. And if you want to join my Patreon and get, you know, exclusive recipes and private zoom cooking lessons and things like that. Um, the link is in my bio there and yeah, I'm really active on IG. I do ignore a lot of messages that come in, but I do read all of them. <laughs> As That's just the God honest truth. I can imagine the God honest truth that people are saying to you, because boy, when I see some of these Gosh. comments on just like famous people shit, like, bitch, who are you? Why are you talking to this person like this? Like, you would never talk to them like this in public. Like, if you saw them face to face, you literally would never. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't get, that's the thing. I don't get crazy. It's very, very rare that I get comments like that. I think that's when you're talking like big numbers and people really know who you are. Mm -hmm. People are really ugly and it just attracts a lot of numbers. And with a lot of numbers, it brings a lot of like crazy bullshit. Yeah. I get things like, and I have gotten that shit from time to time. Trust me. Like, but I feel like it's just, it's mostly like people asking for like deep advice. Like people want life help and and services and like it that's what blows my mind the mm -hmm. the desire to reach out to a complete stranger for real deep shit and it's like people are hurting people are lacking a lot because if they're willing to just put their trust and their time and their money in a complete stranger yeah. if i were anybody else i could be a wonderful ig charlatan i could be like a lot of the people mm -hmm. who just don't be talking about nothing they call mm -hmm. themselves healer this witch healer this all that and i'm like y'all don't be talking y'all just really don't y'all are reading off fucking daily mantras and calendars y'all don't be talking about shit mm -hmm. y'all just like don't forget to keep your vibe high it's like you're not even telling people how they can make themselves feel good and find their own way to feel it's good you're not you're just platitudes sick. it's just empty platitudes yeah you're talking about shit it's like transparent to anybody else but to a certain kind of person this shit is gospel you know and those people making money off these people and it's disgusting money 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 bookings I mean, all types of shit and i'm like damn like your girl and if i were i'm telling you if i were anybody else i could have capitalized the fuck on that but i just would never it's not even who i am as a person like why, i mean well you know <clears throat> hustles the hustle never stops for certain people you know what i, I mean? know i know so i get messages like that mostly but um you can find me there send me a message maybe i'll respond maybe i won't <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been amazing. Like, Same. so Thanks happy we got me. to do this. I'm really, me really too. So that was my conversation with Santana Caress Benitez, who is a powerhouse and so much fun to talk to. And I hope that you enjoyed our <laughs> our rollicking long conversation but I feel like it was great and it was so great to hear um her future plans and how she got where she got to and um her passion for what she does it was super fun and uh I hope you guys enjoyed it so let's get in to the key takeaways this week There's only one real key takeaway this week, and that is uh, just to keep your eyes open. 
for all the cats who were working super hard to do spin for that nest of vipers in the last administration, start pivoting to the new administration like they weren't colluding with a bunch of treasonous assholes. Um, the first person who comes to mind, of course, is Van Jones, who immediately got his pivot on, even though he's on some, like, he is, whoo, wildest disappointment. Um, he just, you know, he spends a lot of time trying to, uh, put all this gravitas on, on an empty vessel, a bunch of empty vessels the whole time that uh, Trump and them were in power, you know, showing all his teeth, smiling all big with fucking um, Kushner and the whole like. And now here he comes with this, you know, he wants to jump on the unity train now on some, let's make a stupid movie with uh, another empty vessel who has gotten everything she's gotten based off the fact that she, again, was uh, hit by a lucky nut and spawned from someone who had um, enough privilege to get her ass on. And I'm talking about Megan McCain. Um, they're doing God knows what together. It looks like a documentary. I'm never going to watch it. I don't give a shit. But basically, this Negro has basically just flipped the switch. Like, we're not going to notice. Like, my man, you're not low. And he's like, oh, it's just so, so much change in the air. And it's like, oh my gosh, shut up, shut, shut up, shut up, shut up. We see you, you not low, we know what you're doing. And it also goes for the rest of those fucking fakes where they're like, yo, yeah, I was down when I was down to um, basically let the crazies run the asylum. And I was going to... Uh, dismantle democracy because it was expedient and I didn't want no smoke. And now I think that we all should just try to get along and move forward. You know, I had touched on this earlier in the show where it's kind of like, here comes this Josh Hawley who, who thinks he got next and they're trying to inherit the loud and wrong <laughs> and racist can't forget that, um, weasels. And they think that's going to be the path to power. And, you know, they're just kind of trying to lay low so that we won't notice that they were high pitch yelling, <laughs> like at the top of their lungs in support of this type of bullshit. And now it's kind of like, Hey guys, let's just hold hands and I will continue to be an absolute roach. And you guys could just pretend that none of this ever happened. It was all a fluke um, until it's time for me to start talking crazy again for power. So that's mainly the one key takeaway I have. Just just watch them. Like they're, they're going to change on the dime. Some of them are not going to change at all, but they're going to pretend that they did. And, you know, keep your eyes open. And that's pretty much it. For this week's <laughs> Mostly Max and other things, um, keep washing your hands. Double mask up, y'all, because it's real out here. If you if you about to be on the train or on the bus or at the supermarket, you got to run into Target, put your surgical joint on and your cloth joint on so that you can stay safe and healthy because it's real out here. And we don't know what's popping with this vaccine. Cats is running out. Um, people are hopeful that they can get more made and all of this sort of thing. It's, it's, it's frightening. It is still quite scary. So, you know, do what you need to do to stay safe, folks. Wash them hands, wear them masks, two of them. And I will talk to you next week. <laughs>